0: Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. I want us to do something a little different this morning as we get ready, and, and I want us to just all together say the lord's prayer this morning and how many remember that we used to say that all the time before we went out to football and knew god was on our side and the other team was doing the same thing in the locker room and so it, but it was a very popular prayer at that time so let's uh, let's say it our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, in this prayer, we have a very important word for the life of a Christian. It's more important for us to understand this word that I'm talking about this morning than other Christian words such as such as propitiation, atonement, justification, sanctification, and remission. Those are big words in the, the Christian language and they mean a lot of things. And I think that it's important that we understand what they mean but there's a word that's used in this prayer this morning that's more important than those words that we need to understand. The word is actually very simple to understand, yet sometimes can be very difficult to implement into our lives. The word is forgive. The word in itself, forgive, means ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offenses, or even, and when you get right down to it, means to pardon. And we all understand that when we're on the receiving end of it, and I was reading the illustration how Gerald Ford, he... Pardoned Nixon from all the stuff back in the Watergates. He says, We will not hold you responsible for it. So therefore he was forgiven of that. And so when we talk about forgive, this is what it's talking about. It's letting go of resentment towards somebody and it's and the offenses that come at us when we've been offended. How many of you have ever been offended before? Every one of us have been offended. And it talks about that. When we talk about forgive, it's talking about releasing those things. The first forgive we find, or we all quoted together this morning as we stood in this prayer, the first forgive that we quoted together was a petition. It says, forgive us of our trespasses. The second forgive that we quoted in the prayer this morning, it is an implied condition. It says, as we forgive. Think about what it was that we just quoted. Father, forgive us of our transgression as we forgive others. So the first one is talking about a petition for God. The second one has a condition into it, an implied condition. So the first, listen, so the first is now dependent upon the second the first is now dependent upon the second. If you look and listen to the language and what we said this morning, we can clearly see that's what's spoken of. A man named John Augerthorpe, in, in talking to John Wesley, once made the commitment, I never forgive. How many have you ever heard someone say that? And John Wesley once made the commitment, he says, I, I never forgive. Mr. Wesley wisely replied, then sir, I hope that you never sin. Because see, that does not go along with the prayer that we said this morning. And Matthew chapter 6 verses 14 and 15 says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And another verse in the same line of thought in Mark 11, verses 25 and 26, it says, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive. Forgive your trespasses. Now notice how it's starting for the second, starting to depend, the first is starting to depend on the fir- or second and what we do with one another. See, we all have a need to be forgiven by God. Every one of us in this place this morning have a need to be forgiven by God. But we also have a need to forgive others. We have a need to let forgiveness to run toward other people's lives. Each one of us this morning, you may say, why do we need forgiveness to be active in our life in such a way? Because act, uh, forgiveness should be active from the Father and also also should be active in our life toward others. I'm going to tell you why we need forgiveness this morning. is because forgiveness equals life. Now, hang with me for a moment, because I'm going to just share a little bit why forgiveness equals life. The Word of God says in John ten ten, and you've heard me quote it many times. I normally do not quote the whole scripture. It says, "The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that they have life, that they may have life, and they may have life abundantly." Do you realize this morning God wants you to have life? He wants you to enjoy life. He wants all of us to enjoy living. I thank God that He's given us that opportunity to live in such a way that we can have fun in life. Amen. Some of you want this group. I think a few of them, they like that. But having fun in life, it's a good thing. God wants you to be happy. Amen. Amen. He wants you to enjoy forgiveness. He wants you to enjoy life. God's intention is you to enjoy living here. I know we're here just for a vapor. How many are realizing that? The vapor here today and gone tomorrow. But you know what God's desire for us in this vapor is? Is that we smile a little bit. That we enjoy life a little bit. We enjoy the blessings of life. And we enjoy one another. And that we're not all stressed out all the time. Come on, and that we're not all full of emotions running crazy and dysfunction God wants us to live and have good life that's your father hallelujah thank God amen some parents don't want you to have a good life they make your life miserable but I'm going to tell you God wants you to have a good life that's what God wants he wants you to enjoy life Jesus came that you may have life and have life abundantly so in order to do that, if we understand this very thing, is that forgiveness equals life. So I want to think about that just for a couple of points this morning. Is God's desire is that we live in His forgiveness. That we live in His forgiveness. God's desire is that for each one of us, that we live in His forgiveness. See, living in His forgiveness begins at Salvation. It starts right there. Upon hearing the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and accepting that, accepting, repenting, and confessing, we begin to live. According to what my knowledge in the Scripture says, I was dead until I received the Lord into my life, and until I received the Lord Jesus. The Bible says I was born a dead man. Amen? That I, did have not, I didn't have life. I may have thought I was living, but I'm going to tell you, I found out the world don't know what living is. I didn't begin to breathe and have life in me until Jesus came into my heart, until He washed me by the blood of the Lamb. Life began when I got saved. I know I was born April the 4th, 1961 back in the 1900's I understand that but that wasn't when my my life started my life started when I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I began to pump and pump and life began to come into me because Jesus came in Amen. it's that moment when you start to live you may think you're living but you're not living until you get right with Jesus a lot of people haven't figured that out yet you know, it's kind of like marriage. I didn't realize how good marriage was until I got married. And I thought I should have done that a long time ago. Amen? Marriage is a good thing. The Bible says a, a man has found a good thing when he's found a wife. Living. but so many times we're like my teacher in high school says, you know, marriage doesn't make you live longer, it just makes it seem longer. He didn't have an idea of what marriage was about. (laughs) But I'm saying today, life, God's desires that we live in His forgiveness. If it wasn't so, He wouldn't have sent Jesus. If it wasn't so, He wouldn't have went through the extremes that He went through, that we would have a pardon, that we would be forgiven. If He didn't want us to live, hallelujah, He wants us to live, live, live in Him. And life begins at that moment when we accept see our names are written in the book of life each one of us has got a new name written in glory every time I say that I think of my sister that was one of her favorite songs but the Bible says I got a new name written on a white stone how many are curious what your name is Come on now, we've all had nicknames but God has put a name on you in heaven and it's on a white stone and when we get there we're going to see what my name is. I'm sure it's something powerful, something beautiful, something awesome. I don't know what it's going to be but I'm going to like it whatever it is. Whatever God wants to call me, that's good. Right now He's calling me forgiven. Life begins at that moment. But Listen. Life on earth changes also. It's just not about there. It's not about the joy we sing about. It's not all about the joy we sing about heaven. It's not about life on earth changes at that moment. Not only did I have life eternal now that I'm going to live with the Lord for eternity, but my life changes here and I can start enjoying life as I live it now. We can enjoy life. Listen to what Psalms 32 says. Verses one through three. it says, Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and whose spirit there is no deceit. Now the word blessed in that passage of Scripture means happy. Come on. Lou just got through sin. She almost jumped when she heard the faith promises. And I get that. But my friend, the Bible says blessed is the person whose transgressions has been forgiven. It talks about happy are you. Happy am I because I now have life in me. Amen. Come on, the Lord never meant for Christians to be some sourpuss that doesn't smile or, 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 or laugh a little bit. God wants us to have and enjoy life. Amen. To enjoy life. Have that moment. See, if you're here this morning and need life, I'm going to give you a chance at the closing of this sermon. Because the Bible tells us in John 11, verse 25, it says this, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. What's it talking about? Jesus' life. Life begins at that moment. Another thing, we are to continue to live in His forgiveness. We are to continue to live in His forgiveness in all of our lives. Every one of us in this place this morning have messed up since we've done this or done that. But all of us are imperfect people and we've messed up since we've asked Jesus into our life and our heart. Come on, for 24 hours we look pretty good. But all of us in here have messed up a time or two in our lives. And sometimes it's difficult to get back on the right track. See, if you've been saved long enough, you have messed up even more. Amen. Now, don't shout me down this morning. I'm just being honest. Some have stumbled and almost fall, fell in, or, uh, fallen completely. And the devil kicked them around while they were down and didn't know how to get back up. I was at the Life Challenge banquet this last uh, uh, Thursday night and, and more than once I heard them say this about one, maybe a graduate that had had, had, had fallen after he got out of the program, but they came back for restoration. And, and you know they use this scripture and it speaks up uh, in Psalms 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in the way. Though he fall, he shall be utterly not... He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with His hand. That tells me something about God. That He, when we even mess up, God is there for us. I'm going to tell you, the devil is the one that will try to make you think there's no chance for you. But God is into the business of restoring His children when we mess up. To continue to live in that, that, that life. He wants us to continue to live in that forgiveness that He's given us. Well, how does this work? Let me show you a loophole that the devil does not like. I mean, you know, the Lord has a little better plan than what the enemy has. The devil would love the first time you mess up after you get saved for you never to have another opportunity. But God knew that we were imperfect people so He put a loophole in the Word. 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm telling you that is a loophole for the Christian this morning. The Bible tells us when I mess up, that I can get on my knees, or if my knees hurt too bad, I could even do it standing and say, God, I messed up my, this thing today. I really messed up, but God, would You forgive me of my sins? What is that? That's the way that God has given me to get back where I need to be. Come on, it's a restoration. It's walking in the forgiveness of God. If you look down a few verses earlier, He says that the Lord's blood will continue to cleanse you. I don't know, but I can't tell you how many times I've had to ask the Lord to forgive me since I've been saved. I can't put them on two hands. I can take my shoes off like John Cloyd would say and and use my toes to count with also. I couldn't put that many up here. I'm just saying I couldn't count them with all my toes and my fingers how many times I've had to ask God to forgive me of my attitude, forgive me for doing this, forgive me for doing that. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I'm going to tell you I told God. God is there. And sometimes we in the holiness clan, we think that man, if you make one sin, you have no hope of making it to heaven. If you do this, there's no hope. And we kick our people out when God says, confess your sins and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's called salvation. That's called grace. That's called walking in the forgiveness that God would have us live in. Quit thinking that you're a perfect people. And if I popped your bubble this morning, I'm sorry. Sorry but I'm just telling you what life is about when it comes to a Christian walk. Because see, if you've got the attitude that you have no chances, if you've got the attitude that you can't mess up once, then you will be condemned when you do make that mistake. Now, that doesn't give me the license to go, well, I know God's going to forgive me for this, so I'll go ahead and do it. Now, someone play that card too, and you're going to find yourself that that doesn't work. We are to live in His forgiveness. Here's another thing when it's talking about this point that I'm making that God's desires that we live in His forgiveness is that we need to let the guilt go and live. Let the guilt go and live. You know, there are those that. Are actually forgiven, but they live their lives like they're not forgiven. Come on, they beat themselves up day in and day out, even though they've confessed their sin to the Lord, they have not lived in the forgiveness that God has given them. It's called riding, living with a guilty conscience, living with thinking this or that. I'm going to tell you something. God does not intend for us to live that way. God intends for us to let the guilt go and live like we've been forgiven. Come on, we need to celebrate and rejoice that we've been forgiven. Listen, some people try to punish themselves for their sins and and opposing to standing on the forgiveness that God has given them. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus took your punishment. He forgave you for what you've done. He's forgiven me for what I've done. Here's a story. As a story is told of a time many years ago when a father and his daughter were walking through the grass on the Canadian prairie. In the distance they saw a prairie fire, which soon engulfed them. And the father knew that there was only one way of escape. They must quickly build a fire right where they were and burn a large patch of grass. And when the huge prairie fire drew near, they could stand on the section that had already been burned. And when the flames did approach them, the girl was terrified, but her father assured her, the flames can't get to us. We are standing where the fire has already been." So it was with the forgiven, when they see the judgment of God approaching, they are where the flames have already been, and therefore they are safe. Let me tell you, God doesn't forgive you and hold you guilty. God sets you free. He lets you live in liberty. Let it go. Let the guilt go. Let all this that the devil is trying to mess with your head, let it go and stand in that patch that's already been forgiven and say, No, I have been forgiven. Let the guilt flee. The Word of God tells us that we need to live in such a way. Listen, David. Understand who it is that we're going before. David, in Psalms 51 verse 4, he says, Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. What is David saying? He had an affair with Bathsheba and he also had her husband killed. And then David tells it, says it in Psalms, Before you I have sinned. I'm going to tell you something this morning. The most important forgiveness you'll have in your life is from God. It will. Last. Some people may never forgive you, but if God forgives you, you're going to be okay. Listen, let it go. Live in what God has given. Live in that forgiveness that the Lord has provided. The Bible tells us, in, in Romans it says, therefore there is no condemnation. To them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. No condemnation. Listen, the Bible tells us to let go of guilt. Don't live in guilt. Let it go. Let the past. Let the past mistakes. The best way to do this, let me tell you, is to quit rehearsing them in your head. When I get ready to preach, I rehearse in my head. I just let it go around and around and around and around and add to it a little bit, add to it a little bit. I may be halfway done with a sermon on Thursday, but I'll be Friday, I'll let it rehearse and rehearse. And I get up this morning, I go over my sermon once again, let it rehearse. Why? So it's there fresh, the what I'm thinking and what I'm wanting to say and what God wants to do. And a lot of times He just adds things into what I've already rehearsed. I'll tell you, if you want your past to go, if you want your guilt to go, quit rehearsing your mistakes. Come on, let them go. When it comes up, say, I'm standing in the field that's already been burnt. I've been forgiven for that. I'm moving on with life. Amen? Moving on with life. Let the guilt go. Because why? God wants you to live in the forgiveness that He's given you. Live in it. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. So have you asked God to forgive you? Are you walking in the Spirit? then live in His forgiveness. Let it be part of your life. I love forgiveness. Amen? How many of you love that God has forgiven you? You know, that's the easy part. Right? That's the easy part. That's the first part of that prayer we talked about. That we petition God, forgive us of our trespasses. Now I'm going to get into some business here on the second part. Forgiving others keeps us living in forgiveness. Forgiving others keeps us living in forgiveness. Remember what I said about the prayer we quoted. The first forgive we all quoted is a petition. Forgive us. The second forgive we all quoted is an implied condition as we forgive. Basically what I'm saying is, Father, as you forgive me, as I forgive others, forgive me. And the Word of God expresses that. See, we've all had the need to forgive others, and most likely we'll be presented with more the longer we live. If I was to ask you to raise your hand, if you've had the opportunity to forgive somebody, I'll guarantee you everybody in this place would raise their hand, and maybe both hands, saying, I have opportunity, and I've got opportunity right now. Amen? I've got opportunity. Why? Because we have this thing we call relationships. And some relationships are healthy and some are bad and some hurt and some really cause you issues and and some cause some problems with your life. Some, Some don't even get sleep because of a relationship that's not right in their life. There's those difficult times in our lives. You know we have things that we call marriages. I mean, not, not every marriage is, is what we see on, on the TV. Marriage can be a very difficult thing sometimes, and marriage can be hurtful if you're not careful. And there's been many people that still stepped out in the realms of marriage and have been hurt and they leave that marriage through divorce or they leave it through other, or just separation, whatever it may be. And there's that moment that there is so, so much hurt and there's need for forgiveness in that marriage. And it's, it's those moments. Or, or perhaps it's church hurt. Have you ever been hurt? Don't raise your hand. Hold it. At another church. There's such a thing as church being hurt in church, and there's such a thing as being hurt in the world. If you haven't figured out, if you work in the secular place, there's plenty of opportunity to be overlooked, and there's plenty of opportunity to be talked about. There's plenty of opportunity for people to stab you in the back. There's plenty of times, even in the church body. I remember when I first got saved, I wrote to myself, I've never found such good friends as church people. That was when I first got saved. <laughs> but I have learned. I have... I won't even go there. But anyhow, we know, Just we. sometimes we think this perfect environment called the church, oh, we all love one another, we get along with one another, we never say anything bad about one another, and all this stuff, and I'll quit meddling. Alright, here we go. But it's easy to get church hurt. It's easy to get that way if you're not careful. And it's easy to get hurt out in the world when you've been overlooked five times for a promotion. Come on. Or they don't appreciate the fact of how good you do your job. It's easy to get hurt and let it stir up. Oh, how about families? Come on, if anybody can hurt you, family can hurt you. Families a difficult time sometimes. You know, it's interesting, and many times that family members can hurt you and they can use you, they can disrespect you, and different things like that. There's not any of us exempt. If you think there's a perfect family out there, I got news for you there's no such thing. There are some strong families, and the only reason they're strong is they've learned to love each other unconditionally. Didn't mean they don't have mistakes, doesn't mean they haven't been hurt, but they said, My love's going to be stronger than what you did to me. That's where strong families come in. But the the same thing, there have been people, there's been children that have unforgiveness toward their parents because of what their parents did to them. And there's been parents that have unforgiveness toward their children because of what the children did to them. I'm telling you, family is a place that you can get hurt and you can have stuff come up. And it can go from decade or generation to generation. How many have ever heard something about three generations back that one family member did to the other and they still haven't forgiven? Come on. Think of the life that's been cheated. The life that's been cheated. A boss can hurt you. So see, sometimes this can be very difficult Matthew 18, 21 and 22, when Peter is asking about how many times do I give them forgiveness, Lord, the Lord said seven times 70. Matthew, he, or Peter was just going to give them, you know, how often should I forgive? Just seven times. Peter is a seven time man. He says, on the eighth one, you're done. And the Lord said, no, seven times 70, 490, what the Lord meant by that every time they come to you. Here's a test for you this morning if you're holding unforgiveness? Do you have bitterness towards somebody? Do you dislike someone? When they mention their names, does your blood pressure go up? You just found out they're going to be in the same room you're going to be in. Is it visible in your actions or lack of actions to others when that person's around you? of how you treat them? Believe me, others see it clearer than we do sometimes. If this is you, you have a need to forgive others. If you have people in your life that that raise your blood pressure, if you have people in your life that you have a little bitterness or you hold a grudge against, come on, grudges are that's just a sign of unforgiveness. Don't shout me down this morning. But that's what it is. If you look for ways to get even with them, that's unforgiveness. You have a need to forgive and let it go. Bring anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience you have. Become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. Become depressed and anxious feel that you lack meaning or purpose or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs, lose valuable and enriching connectingness with others because of unforgiveness in our heart. What's that does? Unforgiveness affects me more than it does the person that needs to be forgiven. It brings things into my life. It hurts my life. You're letting them live rent-free in our minds. Unforgiveness. Now listen to the benefit that it says here. What are the benefits of forgiving someone? Letting go of a grudge and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improved mental health, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Fewer symptoms of depression, lower blood pressure, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, and improved self esteem. Hallelujah. How does that happen? It just happens by me saying, Brian, I forgive you. I don't even have to tell Brian, I just tell the Lord, I forgive that man. Now, Brian hadn't done anything to me. <laughs> but at that moment, my blood pressure goes down. Come on, I sleep at night. No longer is Brian in my head at nighttime. He's gone. I'm saying today, we let unforgiveness mess up with our health and our very life that we're living. And you can't live that way. Even the Mayo Clinic knows that forgiveness is good for the body. Health. We live when God forgives us and we forgive others, but it also makes a difference on the way our health is in life. They added this in that article, and I'm about done. What if the person I'm forgiven doesn't or forgiven doesn't change? Getting another person to change isn't the point of forgiveness. It's about focusing on what you can control in the here and now. Think of forgiveness more about how it can change your life by bringing you peace, happiness and emotional and spiritual healing. Forgiving others. I want tell you, it's more about you when we offer forgiveness to somebody. Pastor Oliver, if you'll come. It's more about releasing that. See, isn't it interesting that the Maker, our God, the Creator all, knows that forgiveness can bring life into our lives. Amen? It's amazing that He knows what works best. You know, if I want to know exactly how something works and what, how it works the best, go to the person that created it. Amen? Go to the person that designed it. And they can give you some insight and let you know what makes it, what fuel it runs, I'm talking about cars now, what fuel it runs best on and all that, how you need to do the valves and the distributor where it needs to be set and all that stuff. And, and they can help you to know that isn't it amazing how God knows what makes us our lives better happier and it's called forgiveness first of all says there's no life without having a relationship with him none second he knows that we can mess our lives up if we run around and do not forgive people you say pastor that happened are you just preaching to the world no I'm preaching to the church Churches can be messed up because people don't forgive each other. I'm going to tell you, there's not any of us got the right to point a finger at another person. Come on, my wise pastor, Brother Greaser, told me this one thing. Point right there and you got four more pointing at you. You know what? He's absolutely correct. He's in heaven now. He's glad I used that illustration. But I'm saying today, we need to forgive one another. We need to let the shortcomings, and, and believe me, we don't need to bring it over from decade to decade to decade because here's, here's something I want to share with you this morning. There are some people that go to church that will not forgive other people that will spend eternity in hell and yet the person that they won't forgive got right with God and is spending eternity in heaven. Does that make, that's just that's strange, isn't it? But that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what we look at. And this is a shame. Our prayer said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. See, I've said that a hundred times. And I've never really related with what I'm saying. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Who wrote it? Jesus wrote that. God Himself wrote that. He let a stipulation go in that particular prayer that says, It's vital for you and me to forgive others in order for me to be forgiven. That's God. Lead us not into temptation. We stay on those, but how many times have we focused on that two words that says forgive? Every head bowed just for a moment. If you're here this morning and you need Jesus in your life and you are ready to walk in the forgiveness that He's offering, I want to give you that opportunity to come this morning. If that's you and you just need to get right with God, would you raise your hand this morning? Who would say this morning, Pastor Billy? I have some forgiveness I need to give out. I need to forgive some folks. I've been hurt, I've been offended but I need to give forgiveness out. I'm not going to ask you this morning who or what, but I'm just going to ask you if you'd be honest enough to raise your hand this morning and say, that's me. Would you raise your hand right now and say, I need to give some forgiveness. Amen. Anybody, amen. 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 Anybody else this morning would be honest and say, I've got some issues with somebody. I need somebody. I need to let this go. I'm tired of it. It's, it's been in my head long enough and I'm ready to release it. I'm ready to say, I don't care if they change. I don't care if they apologize to me. I am choosing to forgive this morning. And I'm choosing to let it go and I'm going to walk out of this place a, a free person. Doesn't that sound great? Anybody else?